Odyssey celebrates Mother's Day, brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Watch us. Love us. Just follow WEEI on Twitch. Gresh and Fourier on WEEI. to Gresham Foyer here on this Thursday. Tell a friend, Gresham Foyer here, 10 to 2 on WEEI. Just let somebody know. That's all you got to do. It's easy. Just it say, is. Just say, hey, have you listened to these guys? Oh, they man. are idiots. But no, I was going to say, they're awesome. Idiots. I was going to say, they're awesome. No, you could be a, you could be a, uh, you could be idiotic and awesome at the same time. Yeah, I would just like to say, um, love my new time slot. Love it. What I forgot about this time slot is how bad the commute is. The commute is next level bad. Like, horrendous. Take the helicopter. I don't have a helicopter. Call your friend RKK. I I probably could get here quicker if I rode my bike. I'm not kidding. Don't say that. I could get there. I think I'm going to do it one day. Because they're putting a ton of bike lanes in. I love the bike lanes. And now you're going to, uh-oh. I I love the bike lanes. show hates you now. I love the bike lanes. For people who ride bikes, they're awesome. People who are too lazy to ride a bike. And, and just for the record, you can buy a bike, like, and, and it's not really a bike. It's like a moped, but it's a battery-operated bike. It's like oh, what they were trying right. to get rid of in, like, a Nantucket. They didn't want anybody oh, yeah, with yeah, yeah. electric gotcha. bikes out there. Uh, they're awesome. You barely even pedal. Yeah, they're great. There I may try it. that one day. I may call you at, like, I'll probably have to leave at, like, 6. And let's see if I can make it in time. See, what you might need is me to pick you up on the way. It apparently seems well, like that you, that uh, you may you so you you're farther south than I am. Correct. So I'll have a head start. If you see me suffering, like just like, you know, I may just oh no, I'll take the bike. A, no, I'll take a photo and put it on our social media. <laughs> Wait, you wouldn't pick me up, huh? Gre- Gresh Fourier, W E E I, Gresh and Fourier, or at least I would take the video, make you think it, and then a mile up the road, pull over, oh, and then let you get in the that's back. That's what you do to the kids, right? You get out of this car right now. You go to walk home, then you go around the block. I wish I could do that. Good lord. They want everybody wants to throw me out of the car if I try to pull <laughs> that crap. Uh we do have an update on Damar Hamlin and it is a good one. Uh for those who have very much been entrenched in thoughts and prayers and wondering about Damar Hamlin, uh here is the latest from the Buffalo Bills. Per the physicians caring for DeMar Hamlin at the University of Cincinnati Medical Center, DeMar has shown remarkable improvement over the last 24 hours. While still critically ill, he has demonstrated that he appears to be neurologically intact. His lungs continue to heal, and he is making steady progress. We are grateful for the love and support we have received. Uh, and uh, our friend Doc Flynn jumped in right on Twitter and was like, this is absolutely incredible news. Continue to pray for a full recovery for DeMar to the medical teams. Just wow. And the NFL also sort of tweaked their protocols a little bit, apparently, in the offseason as well. In the event that someone needed critical care like this, 
especially when it came to the uh, defibrillators and you know heart issues and things of that nature, so that everybody on both sides was pretty organized. They knew what they had to do. Everyone worked together. The training clearly worked. The plan that the NFL had in, uh, in place clearly worked. So Fourier... We had Damar Hamlin's dad Mm -hmm. who gave a Zoom call to the Bills yesterday to update the Bills on Damar Hamlin. In fact, I think Adam Schefter was the one that tweeted that out earlier this morning. And uh, apparently a lot of Bills players were like, good, we needed that. So with this news, have we now crossed over into, all right, this game's going to be played on Sunday. Let's talk about it. Oh, yeah. No, I think we definitely can. And I I do think it's. I think it's fair to discuss, like, you know, how this impacts the Patriots and, like, what type of situation they're walking into. And I think it's going to be a very challenging, difficult situation, not because of just the fact that the Bills are already a good team, but now I feel like they have purpose, like a different level of purpose, like higher-level purpose, inspirational-type, you know, uh, you know, playoff push, that is something that you cannot fake. You cannot manufacture it. It takes a life-threatening, devastating set of circumstances to create that type of purpose that is that unifies a team. I think the Bills have that. So DeMar Hamlin's dad doing a Zoom call with the entire team probably, I mean, I'm sure it kind of like let him, okay, he's getting better, progressively better each day. Now this, now that. Okay, while well, everybody's you know excited, you know, you know, conservatively, you know, like cautiously optimistic about his well-being and his ability to at least live a normal life. Again. And it wasn't a medical person; it was a family member yeah. and his father in particular. Which I think for a lot of the people in that room who are listening to that Zoom call, if it's here's Doctor, you know, Clapedlo, and they're the one giving an update, and you're like, okay, that's good to hear. When it comes from a family member who can also express to those guys what it means to the family of how they've handled it, I think that adds an extra layer of kind of oomph to your point. I, I do think there is, um, I mean, these situations can either can go two ways, you know, either the bad way where everybody just n- wants nothing to do with it, but you get the, you know, I guess the, what would you call it? Like, it's almost like, you know, hey, uh, it's okay to go play. It's almost like I feel like if I was in that situation, I would be apprehensive to. I'm just. I'm gonna wait till they tell me it's okay. You're unburdened. Yeah, I'm the like, burden is gone. Yeah, and yeah, when yeah. you start to Go hear ahead. that he's doing better, and yeah. again, you hear it from the dad. Yeah, like uh, Rocky too. When uh, when when, I, uh, when right. Sylvester Stallone is uh, Rocky go. Balboa is and uh, has his baby, and uh, Adrian is sick in the bed, and and uh, he doesn't want to train anymore, but she says, "Win, win," and then he goes out there. And he beats Apollo Creed. Let me just warn you <laughs> that if you make a bad movie reference, I'm not going to be able to save you. You'll get killed on that. That's a great movie reference. No, no, I'm not saying that it isn't. You, I'm you, saying that if you make a movie reference, that I don't. I'm not a movie guy at all. It's I don't okay. think I'm, you know that scene though. I think the last movie. You know that scene. I think the last movie I saw might have been connected to the uh, highlight reel for the <laughs> AVN Best Performer <laughs> Award. Well, that's fine. Uh, Which, by the way, the odds are out for that. Landman, I was, was going to say, a little breakdown like, later on of all that. Like the, the amount of like ways I could go with your last like little statement right there, sure. maybe the great space coaster. But I'm gonna, don't play it yet. <laughs> don't play it. Don't play it. Don't lose it yet. Don't we're still. We're, we're, we actually you, got news on yes, Lamar Hamlin. Yes. We can talk about the this, game because this is important. Because right. you mentioned, I do feel like you do feel burden to not give a crap about the game. 
So how do you get released from that burden? Mm-hmm. The parent, the dad, the mom who was on the field, guys, it's okay. He would want you to go play. I don't believe it. No, no, it's the mom, not the coach, not the owner, not your teammates. The mom is saying, guys, he's going to make it through this. He'd want you to go out there and win. He was there since he started since week three. You know, he's, uh, you know, that I feel like would be so impactful. Almost, you know, I can only imagine how emotional people were in it because there's a sense of relief that comes with that burden being released, right? It's like, okay, all right, I don't need to think about it 24 hours a day. I can focus in on third down, uh, goal line, uh, the receivers, Mac Jones. I can focus on, you know, offense and route progression and all that other stuff. Hey, I'm an offensive coordinator. I can think about how I'm going to attack Bill's defense. How am I going to, how am I going to protect Josh Allen? These edge rushers and Barmo, who's suddenly like a good player. So there's, uh, we have it up on Twitch right now. Kair Elam, our boys doing better, awake and showing signs of improvement. So now you're getting tweets about it. Now you're getting, yep. but let me ask you this. Well, don't you think that's significant though? Oh, it is, but I want to take it next level right. because it was kind of something you said to me in the off air show. If you're a player on that team and you can get, like, let's say, Ky- or let's say that uh, Damar Hamlin. Even just a, hey, he's in his bed, but it's thumbs up or go get him or whatever it is. If you were a player in the Bills locker room, if you could get something like that, is it worth getting? Like, that's what I like. Is it worth it? Because I don't know if the TV networks are going to go down that road or whatever. I'm not, I, I, you know, that would be, if it's available, I'm sure TV will jump on it. But if you were in the Bills locker room, you heard this from the dad, but if you got a little something on Sunday morning that was sent from him. Oh, they, right. So I can tell by your reaction, yeah. it would make a big I impact. I am running through the wall. Running through the wall, right. You can't stop me. That is my point. So the Patriots are, are in, in a heap of trouble. They are in a heap of trouble as it was. I mean, I just don't know how you control them. I don't know how you sit there and you calm them down because at first, weren't you kind of feeling like, okay, man, uh, I remember CBS was here like the day it happened. I, I was doing this whole like a little interview about like being, you know, I would be afraid to hit somebody. Mm-hmm. I'd be, be afraid to catch a pass. Now I think that fear is gone. And I feel like that is something. Cut it loose. Oh, you ever seen those, some of those games where the guy gets hurt? Right and regard, it doesn't matter what it is, and whether in a neck brace or they're at, they're on the cart, and they just they give the thumbs up. That's right. It's just like you guys you go ahead and go go play. It's like, what are we waiting for? Go get them. Like that is. What are we waiting for? Take- Let's go. Right. Boom. Yes. Out the door. Like out the door, and I feel like that is. I get chills just thinking about it because. You've been so you've been an emotional wreck, right? You've been freaking out. There's this huge unknown. You don't know what's going on, and suddenly the dad, then the mom, and then Hamlin himself. Listen, and he may not, and he may not be in a position to even just give the thumbs up. I mean, we don't know about his condition. We know that he's getting better, but if he's now, if it's now, oh boy, day to day to day, we're seeing big, big, big improvement. It does make me wonder if on Sunday you know morning Gresh, you get a little something from him. You know why it's dangerous? Because the Patriots can't match that intensity. No question. They can't match that energy. Mm-hmm. Playing on the road is hard enough. And I remember Bill always talking about when we would lose. We lost a preseason game one time to Cincinnati. And all he kept yelling about us, yelling to us, was how 
You didn't match the intensity. You didn't match the energy. They took advantage of you. It's a preseason game. Who gives a crap? So whatever. We ended up winning another Super Bowl. But that was a big lesson that I remember. If you go on the road, you have to match the intensity. You have to be ready to, to deal with the circumstances. Not a chance they can bring enough energy to combat what that scenario and that atmosphere is going to be like. You can't create it. You can't manufacture. It can't be fake. It's going to be real. What you have to try to do is get off to a great start in the first quarter you and shut try to up. take some of the air you out of shut the building. Up. Yeah, third down is going to be huge. You got to get a, Imagine like the first third and four. Imagine if it's third and one and they get stuffed at the line. Oh, don't go for it on fourth down. Don't do it. <laughs> don't do it. You know, it's funny you say that because I was thinking about the whole, hey, if you win the toss, do you take the ball? Do you put there, like, Ooh. how do you? I think I think that's a good point, too. Because there's something to think about. Take it. Do you want to put your, right, do you want to put your offense on the field first to try to put up the early score to sort of, you know, take some of the air well, out of the good, building? That's the gamesmanship and the strategy, I think, is that is that it's kind of, that Bill is kind of going over in his head. How do we deal with this atmosphere? I, okay, now I'm thinking about the personality of my team. Nobody believes in many ways. Do I say, you know what, I believe in you. We're going to take the ball. We're going to shove it down your throat. Like what Cincinnati did last right. uh, on Monday night. They win the toss. They take the ball. They score. Even with Tom Brady, there would have been that sort of thought process yeah. and decision because it's such a unique circumstance. Yeah. So even if you were a 12-win team going in there, say you were competing for a division title, this is one of those emotional deals where – You've really got to take it yep. into account. And today's news about, again, DeMar Hamlin making, as described, remarkable improvement over the last 24 hours. His uh, dad did a Zoom with the Bills, and the players were like, hey, thank you, we needed that. So I think we're now to the point to where we can start to talk about the game because it feels like they're going to play it. Now, all of the ramifications of the number one seed and the playoffs and all that stuff, we'll have to figure that out a little bit later on. But for you, I think we hit on it. It is the how do you match the emotion yeah. that is guaranteed can to you? be there on Sunday. Ooh. And if it isn't, can you match it? How can you take it away from them? And that's the get up, early score, all that kind of stuff. We'll continue that with you at 617-779-7937. Bill Belichick scheduled to speak at 1145. Um, and we're going to tap into... The mind of Christian Fourier. Oh, no. We're going to go back into the Wayback Machine. Because, oh, here we go. I what? mentioned something. Now you're thinking of what song you're going to yes. tell Terp to play? Yes. Well, I really don't want to tell Terp to play anything. I just want him to, to do it on his own. So oh, you want like him, a, I already have one in mind. You uh, want him to read your mind on this? Is that what you're saying? Isn't that kind of what... Isn't that kind of what a producer is supposed to do in the first well, place? Well, it's hard for a guy who's on his third day on the gig trying to read yeah, your Terp's brain. Play, Terp and I have worked together many a dime, many a time, many a time. Right, Terp? Yeah, for yes, like best friends. Have. Of course. Sure. I just gave him a bottle of tequila. I mean, go get well, drunk. That's because Great you, weekend. That's because you have, Thank you for that. It's because you have a box of it sitting in there. Well, it really, it's because you said you didn't want it. Well, that is <laughs> true. <laughs> Odyssey celebrates Mother's Day, brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? 
Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. You're listening to Gresh and Fourier on WEEI. Save us as a favorite on the Odyssey app. And take Boston Sports Original everywhere you go. Take it back. Do, 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 do. Take it back. Take you back. Do, 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 take you back. Sweet Jesus. Can't you just imagine our show like somewhere in Philly late at night around like a trash can filled like a like you know, like uh, make those fires in the trash cans out like the Patriots. And we're just singing, like drinking our gin in our paper bag. And <laughs> just we're all snapping a, our fingers. That's an inside reference there. Because uh, I said everybody. I drink gin. I was castigated before the show and condemned for whenever I do drink, uh, drinking a gin. Here's what I would say. Uh, maybe instead of doing that, we could just do it at gyms down in Philly. Uh, because everybody is like, ah, oh, Patch and Geno's. No, you want uh, the best cheesesteak in Philly. Go to gyms. That's what everybody says. But I've it's been to true. all three. And I tell you what, I don't know. Like, they're all kind of the same to me. Like, they're all good. They're all good. Right? Well, what I was going to say is oh. I get steak, no cheese anyway. So, you know, everybody. You go, to, you go to a steak and cheese place, you get steak and no cheese? Yep. Do they laugh at you? Yeah, I don't care. I mean, because I, I, I got cash. Uh, what now? Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> no, I do. It's steak and cheese. I get so steak forget and about cheese. the whole. What is it? It's the two. It's the cheese whiz. Or There's cheese. Yeah, it's. Uh, or it's like the cheese slices. wit. Cheese right. wit. Yeah. yeah. Wit or wit out. Whatever. Yeah. There you go. I ruined your Philly. Uh, you you only want to be in boys to men for crying yeah, out loud. I thought be, I thought, so we're, are we going to do a new photo shoot? Because I feel like the photo shoot now should be. All of us doo-wopping like some sort of family harmony and right in front of a trash can, like fire-lit trash can. <laughs> what in the world? That would be great. We're just like leather You're, jackets, white t-shirts. You know what? Bottle of gin in a paper bag. How about this? Can I, I'll dress like the hobo with the gin in the paper bag, yeah. and you can sit there and try to go all Justin Timberlake. <laughs> My thing is people who drink gin basically are just hobos with money. I mean, that's a little rough. It's <laughs> just well, gin because is nasty. My uh my I guess it would be my grandmother in law, God rest, it's my wife's grandma. She drank gin every day until ninety six when she left Earth. Well, there's a lot of old people that say, well, I drink this and every day and I'm fine. Like she would whenever they would come over for Christmas, it would be like I'd be like, uh, Gina, what do you want? She'd be like, uh Three fingers, please, with an ice cube. I know exactly what that meant. Three fingers of gin, throw the ice cube in it. She'd sit there and be good all day. Gin just reminds me of massive headache and regret. That's what gin reminds me of. <laughs> it, re- it, it just reminds me of <laughs> bad choices, bad decisions. And then you're banned from a city. Yeah. And then you're just, <laughs> and there goes this, and there goes that, and there goes your dog. And, you know, it's like, it just feels like it just, nah. that's the type of alcohol where you cannot control anything. Like, if you said tequila, different story. Wine, not going to happen. Like, rum, that reminds me of, like, spring break. You know, like Captain Morgan and Coke. Like, I never went on spring break. I don't even I have went any. once. Yeah, I once, went once. Right. I went once, and it was like a lot of fun. 
I mean, but right. <laughs> You're not banned in a foreign no, land, no. are you? Lake Havasu, Nevada is where. Oh my God! Lake Havasu, Nevada. Not Drove even Lake Havasu, Arizona. Is there's two, right? I bet uh, there's no. one in Nevada, one in Arizona. Uh, yes. Or does it reach across the border? Same uh, thing, kind of deal. Either or. I've whatever. heard about Lake Havasu. Yeah, it was a blast. The Arizona MTV State was kids there. love it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. MTV was there. <laughs> it was there. Yeah. Oh, sweet Jesus! <laughs> it was fun. Can we? Well, get, we're really uh, dating ourselves. I, no, but I was just gonna say, yeah. can we get like uh, who was the? Uh, oh, doggone it! Now I've got to. Eric Neese. Billy, can we get Martha Quinn on the phone and see if we can figure out if these uh, videos Polly of Shore. young foyer? Were you on the grind? No, no, no <laughs> I was not anywhere near in it. the challenge or no, anything like no. that. No, they had this place where they, you know it's all it's lake life, so everybody rents houseboats and they all have their own boats. Lake it, life. Every, it's like a terrible combination. Like driving in alcohol is is horrendously bad. Driving a boat or a houseboat worse. is almost worse. Yeah. You don't know where the sandbars are. You don't know where the rocks are. But woo, I went, I go to Kansas. <laughs> go Jayhawks. It's like all these just I go clowns. to a landlocked school. Yeah. And There's water here. Do. <laughs> I'm in a bathing suit. <laughs> oh, there you go. Yeah. This is exactly what it felt like. Right on uh, Lake Havasu. No. I don't think they do it anymore. There's no water in Lake Havasu anymore. Meanwhile, you're doing like backflips off of boats and stuff like that. Bad decisions, bad choices. Hey, let's climb up and jump off that rock. Totally, man. Hey, bring the gin. <laughs> bad idea. You'd be surprised how many gin drinkers there are out there. They just don't admit it. I don't think I've ever seen by people anyone. Like you. I've never been out to dinner with anyone. You go to a restaurant and they say, you know what? I'll have gin. Never. Have I ever met anyone, have I hung out with anyone at a Christmas party, summer party, who says, you know what, I think I'll have some gin. Like, I think it is like a, a grandma drink. It's an old grandma drink. You said your grandma, 96 years old. Yeah, yeah, God my rest wife's grandma, soul, God rest. Right? Like, three fingers of gin. My biological Cursing grandmother, Jesus Retha, never touched nothing. That was that was the, uh, that was the devil's uh, choice that oh. you made. Were you getting, like, hit with, like, a, a ruler a lot? Because of, like, oh, your no, family no, no. was so religious? Oh, no. No, no, no. My family wasn't super... My mother ran away from it. My dad's like, get the hell out of here. And they lost them. They lost their mind once on my grandma because uh, she did one of those, like, my parents went away for a couple of days, and she was kind of overseeing things. I was probably in, like, seventh grade. My brother would have been in, like, fifth or fourth. And, Prime uh, rebellion stage? And she dumped out all the alcohol in the house. So my parents came home and all the booze was gone because she was like, it's, the, it. it's a shepherd for the devil. Yeah, <laughs> is, you know, you know who you know who was the devil? My <laughs> yeah. dad. When he found out that all that booze got dumped down the drain, grandma was out of there in about three minutes because well, she didn't want to hear what uh, OG had to say. Well, your grandma is kind of right, though. Um, it no. is the devil's drink. It does make you do stupid but, stuff. But dumping but dumping bottles out without letting my parents know? I mean, if somebody came into your house and was like, oh, this is the devil's brew and dumped out all the alcohol that you'd saved up yeah, over the years. True. Gotten his gifts, stuff like that. Oh, yeah. 30-year-old bottle of scotch, you dumped it down the drain. Yeah. My dad almost lost his yeah, mind. I can believe it. Well, bad choices are a part of what goes on whenever you're putting players in the halls of fame. And, of course, the Pro Football Hall of Fame arguably does not induct players, uh, enough players each year. But this is not going to be the whole who should be in, who should be out, folks. Just walk with us here for <laughs> just a minute. <laughs> Um, a little twist. The modern era finalists for the class of 2023 – has been whittled down. Now, some of the guys on this list, ladies and gentlemen, 
are people that Christian Fourier has lined up and played against. Now, I know you're not going to remember intimate details of a lot of these guys, but these are your contemporaries. Christian Fourier left the league in 2007. Yep. Okay. Uh, But there are some guys who are finalists, and let's start with uh, really the big-name guys. I know you never would have dealt with Joe Thomas. I know he's going in. Darrell Revis was in the league when you were in the league. Take it back. Yeah, but here's the thing with he was a corner. Right. So I don't specifically remember. There's certain, like, okay, depending on your position, there's certain areas and positions that you could care less about. Okay. I look at the scouting report. I see the corners. I don't care where they went to school. I'll never see them. Right. I just don't pay attention to them. Um, but everybody else, free safety, strong safety. Uh, ends, linebackers, and all middle linebackers. Not the the fat guys in the middle. Could care less the way they went to school. But the only guys that I always excluded, Gresh, were the corners and, like, the defensive tackles. That's it. Unless I had, like, a wham block, whatever. So you had to pay attention to safeties, linebackers, and defensive ends. Yeah. Okay. Or, like, you know, the hybrids, whatever. Hybrid guys, right. So there's a guy I'm like, well, I mean, I know he's really good, but I don't – I have – like one-on-one knowledge. No, like, you have I was no never intimate gained, knowledge. I was never sitting there going, oh, crap, I got to block freaking Darrell Revis today. But you were in the league when Revis was in the league, and, of course, there are there is the – let me give you a perfect example of a guy that people here thought was overrated until he came here, Junior Seau. It was always just a pile jumper. And then he comes here, and people like him, and you respect him, and he's different. So that's a part of the reason why I asked some of these, because there is the preconceived notion – or the thought that is out there that some people may have, but yeah, like, but Reavers was 07. He was coming into league when you were getting when out. I was being done, and at that point in time, I was with the Carolina Panthers, and I wasn't looking at anything. You didn't care. That I point. was like, you're I'm getting not another check, and that was it. What do you mean I got to go in? <laughs> <laughs> like, honestly, God. All right. What do you mean I got to go in? All right. So tell me about Dwight Freeney. Okay. Well, my issue with with the with the with the Hall of Fame is the Lou Merloni uh, philosophy on Hall of Fames for anything. If I say the name, if you say the name, I instantly say yes, or I instantly say no, or I have to think about it. And if I have to think about it, then it's a no, right? You say Dwight Freeney, I say yes, but you know why? Well, I played against him a lot. Uh, I had to block him a lot. There was one time Dan Graham and I. We used to game plan specifically for Dwight Freeney. Okay, Mathis was was on the other side. Mathis was okay. at, at less some of, point, right? Not right issue. away. But less yeah. of an issue. Mm-hmm. Like, it didn't worry. They're all smaller and lighter. But Dweeney, uh, Dweeney, <laughs> Dweeby, Freeney was different. He was special. We had a play where it was me, Matt Light, and Dan Graham. It was like overload left or whatever the hell it was. Mm-hmm. And, like, it was three guys to block one. We should be able to do it, right? Well, he jumped into Dan. He spun. He jumped into me. He spun. And then, like, both Dan and I were like, oh, at least Matt's there. Well, he spun on Matt. <laughs> he spun on Matt. And, like, and bam, there he goes. And all three of us looked at each other like we were all, we all screwed up. Mm-hmm. So he's an automatic yes for me because there was a fear factor of 10 with him about his ability to blow up a game plan. You game plan specifically, specifically for him. We used to, we put in a play where, Anyone in the slot, even if they had a route, they was like, call it a five-yard, like, split. Anyone on his side had to shorten their split to smack him, then run their route. So you were automatically delayed in running your route because the tackle had to be helped. So it was a different kind of chip. 
Whether well, you were in the slot, whether your hand was down, you, you were making you contact. Do, you couldn't do the flipper. Couldn't you do had, the 1952 nope, flipper. No, you had nope. to make contact, or you got you got uh, demerits for it. You know, and the same thing. Like if so, so they got smart. They started flipping them. So then our counter to that was, okay, whoever's in the slot, it would be an even front, right? So yeah, so and then the slot would start in the middle, like right by by Brady, and then he would declare, and then he would move us over there. Well, then Free would go to the other side. And he would say, stop, and he would motion you over there. <laughs> so it was this weird cat and mouse thing. So Hall of Fame, like, easily, yes. You would have gone against Jared Allen, although I don't know how much you would remember of Jared Allen. Not at all. Played for the Chiefs from uh, 04 to 07, yeah. then went to the Vikings, the Bears, ended up with the uh, Panthers. But So you don't remember no. any of Jared Allen? No. I know he's got a lot of sacks, though, but I don't remember. I don't have... <laughs> Like intimate knowledge, so he got in the league in two thousand and four, and I remember at that point in time I was kind of moving to more of a backup specific role. Got it. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. So now you mentioned that you didn't pay attention to corners, but you would safeties. Now this guy moved around was primarily a corner. However, he was a part of a defense that when you came into the league, the Tampa two yeah. was the thing. Do you remember anything, or do you have any? Uh, can you tell us anything about Rondé Barber? Yeah, see, for me, Rondé Barber was strictly a corner. Okay, but I remember the Tampa two defense, obviously, because it was, it was big, the defense. I, I remember of the day. playing against it when they first started it. They came out to Seattle. They were like, "Okay, here's Tampa two. Well, what's what, what's Tampa two? Well, the middle linebacker uh, is basically the middle of the field defender now." I was like, "Oh, so I think I'm open, but I'm not." Yeah. <laughs> How does it affect me catching so wait, balls? So when I run a seam route, I'm thinking, ooh, I got to beat, but their middle linebacker is really fast, so he takes the middle of the field away, right? You know, you hit to the – you take that right. wide, and you go up the, the hash marks. You're like, why am I open? Because, like, there's no safeties there. Where here comes their fast-as-hell middle linebacker, and he's just running back, and then, sure enough, interception, interception, interception. So, no, Rondé Barber is not as much, but you mentioned safety, and I'm just going to bring this up now. Because it bugs me that Rodney Harrison's name is not on this list. Okay. This drives me nuts. If you're going to have John Lynch, Ed Reed, Troy Palomalu, um, did I say John Lynch? You Steve did. Atwater, who's the other guy I missed. And Darren Woodson is a and, safety and who Darren is Woodson. a finalist. I think, I don't even know why we're even doing this. Like, if you're not going to include his name, you shouldn't have the Hall of Fame. Like, I, out of all the positions, that I feel like I'm, you know, I can can I feel real comfortable, you know, telling you who should be in. It's strong safety. Okay. You see him all the time. Troy Palomalu was a freaking rocket ship, like running, uh, stopping the run. Steve Atwater was big, strong, and you name it. John Lynch, out of all of them, was the least intimidating. And he's in the Hall of Fame. Rodney Harrison, no doubt about it, 100% should be in the Hall of Fame if you're going to include these other guys. And his name's not even listed. Well, because he didn't make it through the whole... And someone said, is Rodney not eligible? Um, he was He was on... His name was on was, last year. Right, right, right. And he didn't make the final list this yeah. year, which is interesting. A couple more guys I want to ask right, you about. Me. Zach Thomas. Ooh, he's another interesting one. So you mentioned his name. We were doing this earlier. And I initially said yes. But I feel like the answer is no. Okay. He was really, really good. Really good. But if you say Hall of Famer and I go, okay, the standard is Jerry Rice. The standard is well, the, Deion the Sanders. The standard's Ray Lewis. 
at Ray that Lewis. position. Okay. Middle, middle backer. Uh, and then I go, uh, no. Really, really good player. But now I'm starting to think about it, which means no. Erlacher, another guy, middle backer, big. I, like, even that, I'm like, uh, I mean, okay, fine, I guess. You understood it. But I feel like there's, you know, remember Deion Sanders had a big issue with this about everybody getting into the Hall of Fame. That the, he, he believes there should be tears in the Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. Where like the Jerry Rices and the Deion Sanders and the Reggie Whites of the world. The Hall of Fame of Hall of Famers. Yeah. That's the Hall of Fame. Now you start, you know, watering it down with lesser accomplished, you know, less impactful players. Still great players, but Hall of Fame, really? So Zach Thomas, to me, I thought was really good. Um, a very, like, I mean, played against him a lot. Um, like, very underrated. Was always, always, always in the right spot. Big motor. Big motor. Just so, like, again, underrated as a pass defender, as a tackler, as a run stopper, and as a coverage guy. Um, quickly, DeMarcus Ware. <laughs> Absolutely freaking yes. Nightmares of that guy. Terrible, bad dreams about this guy. Really? Easily one of the... I blocked Reggie White. He threw me into the lap of Chris Warren, who was a running back for... <laughs> it's a true story. I'm not going to tell it right now because we don't have enough time. The other guy was DeMarcus Ware. Put me on my back on top of uh, Mark Brunel after he threw like a 70-yard touchdown pass. My son was in the stands, and sure enough, he's like sitting over me, like laughing because it was like, it was like not even... A, I couldn't even come close to blocking him. He had long-ass arms. He had leverage for days, and he could run like a deer. And he was smart. Good luck with that guy. That's an absolutely yes. All good stuff. Well, we wanted to hit some of the guys on the list that you would have had, into that you've grabbed, that you've touched yeah. and felt a little well, they bit. they touched me. Well, they, well they're learning about DeMarcus Ware, I now understand why uh, you have those nightmares. Bill Belichick is scheduled to speak at 1145, and we plan on bringing it to you next. W-E-E-I. W-E-E-I. Sports Original. Tell your smart speaker to play 93.7 WEEI. Gresham Fourier on WEEI. All right, let's go right to Gillette. Bill Belichick is speaking on the Bills game. The situation, it reminded me very much of one that I experienced um, when I was with the Jets in 1997 and we played the Lions. In uh, I think it was the last game of the year, and uh, Reggie Brown uh, was injured, and it was a kind of a normal play. And Adrian Morrell carried the ball, got tackled. Everybody got up, went back to the huddle, and Reggie laid on the field, didn't move, and was um, unconscious for quite a while. I forget exactly how long it was, but. 10 minutes, something like that. And the whole process took a, a long time. Must have taken a half hour. With By the time he finally was um, it was given CPR and revived and, and then put on the board and put on the ambulance and driven off the field at the Silverdome, it was quite a lengthy process where, you know, the teams were, looked very much like the, uh, the game Monday night of concern and, um, thought and prayer and kneeling and so forth. Um, it was a very chilling game, one that I'll obviously never forget. Um, and it just, I mean, I've been in a lot of games, but there's some that just, 
there's a moment that sticks out, and that would be one of them. Um, unfortunately, Reggie, you know, has has done you know pretty well, um, you know, with the emergency surgery they did, and um, with the brace that he wears, he's not wheelchair bound, and and you know, I know he's active in the uh, Houston area and so forth, you know, youth sports and a lot of things like that. You know, great guy, great player, first-round draft pick. Um, just a very tragic scene, but one that, um, again, not that I have all the answers because I certainly don't, but I I was there and experienced that and I think have some sense of what the players and teams, coaches, went through uh, Monday night. Um, like I said, it's something that you just never forget. So... Um, again, on a personal level, that's, that's, you know, kind of where, where I was on that. And then, you know, I've reached out to a lot of, um, number of different people just for perspectives, different coaches in our sport, in other sports, our, our team players, talk to them on Tuesday. Um, and, you know, we've addressed it and I'm just say. Really, all I can say, and really all I'm going to say, is I think everybody's doing the best they can. And so that could be on a lot of different levels and a lot of different uh, perspectives. But I think we're all doing the best that we can. Uh, I think everybody else is probably doing the same thing from whatever perspective they have on it. Um, and, again, from talking to other other people that are in this league or that have experienced it, something like this, they're all different. I'm not saying anything's the same, but it's just a very, I don't think there's any easy answer to it. Um, and you just deal with it the best that you can and the resources that we have in this organization for um, anything that would go along with this um, are available to all members of the organization, and I'm sure that they're being utilized um, to some degree. And I think that's the case with, again, the other people that I've talked to on other teams and their perspective on it too. So I just want to get a sense of whether anything with us is different than everybody else. And I think the more I've talked to other people, the more everybody kind of is feeling and we're trying to, you know, process it kind of, I mean, we're all different, but in general as a team trying to process it the same way. So, um, you know, football is a very great and competitive game. Unfortunately, injuries and things like this, um, you know, can and do happen from time to time. It's very unfortunate. It seemed like the care that was given was very prompt and, and uh, good and thankful for that. Um, but this game's life's bigger than, than this game. And I think, we, you know, this is one of these humbling moments for all of us that stands out. I'd say as a coach, it's it's different. And, and I've expressed this, you know, to the players multiple times, but the amount of respect that I have for them and what they do um, and how they do it is is immense and I'm proud to coach the players that I've coached 
um, here and everywhere else uh, and respect them for what they do and, and how they do it and have always tried to, the best of my ability, prepare and coach the players. And we as an organization, it's coaching staff, it's not, this isn't a personal thing, this is all of us try to do the right thing in terms of instructing players, instructing techniques, training, uh, preparation to play in the best and safest way possible. So, um, I don't know what the results of that are. I don't know if that's prevented things. Hopefully it, it has. I know there are some instances where things that, that a certain player or certain thing was happening was corrected as not being safe and, and the players recognized that and, and um, but, you know, I think obviously there's nothing more important than the health and safety of our players and I respect how much they put into this um, and as a coach that's not something that I ever think about. Like, I don't worry about getting hurt in the game. Although I've been hit a few times but that's, that's another story. Um, but I know the players, it's different. They walk out there, they put the equipment on, it's contact sport, and what they and their families deal with as participants is different than what what I do as a coach. And, and I respect that and, and appreciate what they, what they do and try to do the best I can to make the right decisions and coach them in the best way that I possibly can. So... Um, I'll just end it there. Bill, how much does it help to have uh, your captains you know, with so much experience and have been through so much in a week like this, like Devin and Matthew Slater, and you've worked and talking with the young guys and being a part of it? Yeah, I think um, it's great. That's great. We have great leadership on this team, and, and I would say, um, you know, two people in particular that. Um, I mean, look, I, as I said, I have a ton of respect for all the players I've coached and what they do, two players in particular uh, that, that carry a lot of weight with me are our two staff members, are Troy and Gerard. And they've played the game at this level. I haven't. Um, and they, They've, they've lived the life of a professional football player at a very, very, very high level, um, both from a training, maturity, performance, longevity, all the above. And, um, you know, their input and guidance um, has been especially valuable, um, again, along with many other people that I've talked to, but in particular they're here and they've been I think, uh, you know, in terms of our staff, our team, you know, they, they have a great, great perspective on, it's been very valuable to me, let's put it that way. But along with the captains, you know, um, and yeah, Devin, Matt, and Wise, Mac, DA, I mean, all of them. There you go. There's a little bit of Bill Belichick from down at uh, Gillette Stadium talking about the Bills game, DeMar Hamlin, his thoughts, Pretty interesting stuff there about mentioning two coaches that were uh, former players in terms of leadership, safety of the game. We're going to unpack all of what Bill Belichick just said with Christian Fourier, and we'll give you the lunchtime parlay all next. 
Odyssey celebrates Mother's Day, brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade used with permission.